Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, we're going to talk about unsolicited advice. Now, I know that this is something that comes up a lot, both for parents and for dog trainers. We often see things out in the world that we strongly disagree with, and we're not really sure how to handle it. Should we say something at the risk of offending the other person, or should we just keep our mouth shut? Now, in the world of social media, a lot of people open their mouth and say really rude things as a way of, quote, giving feedback. But at the end of the day, we need to be kind first and foremost. So if we do have feedback that we want to give people, we need to frame it in such a way that they're going to hear what we have to say. Otherwise, we might as well be quiet because they're not going to listen, especially if they feel judged. This is really important. Now, I don't know if any of you have ever been in this situation, but I can tell you that I was. Before I was a parent, I was an amazing parent. If you know what I mean, I'm not sure if you can relate, but it's so easy to judge other people's parenting. So maybe you're out and about and you see somebody's toddler having a tantrum and you think, oh my gosh, I would have handled this so differently. Well, we can be really tough critics and tough judges of other people, whether that's how they're handling their kids or whether that's how they're handling their dogs. It's super easy to be an armchair critic. Watch the world go by and think, oh my gosh, I could totally do better than that. But I have to tell you that as a parent of human children and as a dog person, I have never been so humbled than by the act of parenting either my dogs or kids. Things happen. So sometimes kids are super sneaky. Sometimes kids climb on something that you least expected. Maybe they reach into, um, I don't know, maybe they're going to touch the stove or they try to dash out into the street. And it's so easy to think, oh, that would never happen to me because I'm going to be an amazing parent and nothing bad will ever happen. Well, bad things do happen. And when you're a parent, you have to learn to roll with the flow. But the other thing you have to deal with are lots of people offering advice to you that you did not ask for. Now, in today's episode, we're going to dive into situations where people are doing things with their kids and dogs that we may disagree with. Now, you may be a parent and you may see something really unsafe or you may be experiencing something unsafe and you're not sure what to do or if you should say anything. You might be someone who has received photos or video clips from family members or friends saying, oh my gosh, look at how cute my dog and child are together. But honestly, it's not cute at all. It's super dangerous. And you don't know how to respond to that. Should you say something? Should you try to be constructive? 
Should you be quiet and not say anything at all and let them keep thinking that this is cute, right? Now, you might also be a dog trainer and you might see things on Facebook or on Instagram or even on YouTube that make you cringe because you know in your heart and soul that this could result in a dog bite, which as we know, if it results in a dog bite, the dog may be at risk for euthanasia, especially if the bite is to a child. There's very little tolerance of dog bites to kids out in the world, and so those dogs sometimes have a very short lifespan. So do we speak up as a concerned friend, family member, parent, dog trainer? Do we say something and say, hey, you know what? I don't want this dog to make a mistake that could cost it its life. And alternatively, I really want your kids to stay safe. I want them to love dogs for the rest of their life and not be afraid of them. I don't want them to land in the hospital or be hurt or maimed, right? So there's so many reasons why we should say something. We want to preserve life and liberty of dogs and children, right? But how to deal with this is a really important question, and it comes up a lot. So I'm devoting today's episode to all of you who have either sent me pictures that you've seen online and said, Michelle, how do I deal with this? Do I say something? What should I say to this person? Because I know this is unsafe and they don't know it, right? And we're all aware of the fact that you know better when you you do better when you know better, right? When you have more information, you're more empowered and you can make better choices. Now, I should start by saying probably that I don't like conflict. It literally makes my stomach nervous. I get butterflies. I kind of feel sick to my stomach and I get this pit of doom that surrounds me and I don't always know myself how to deal with things that I see. So for example, if I'm in a Facebook group where people are asking for advice about babies or where they're asking for advice about dogs, and I see something really dangerous, I do often speak up. I speak up in this case partly because they're asking for feedback about one thing or another, and I know that they wouldn't be doing that if they weren't concerned. However, I do need to say that I often then dread the comments that come after because sometimes people get really upset and they say, this is none of your business, mind your own business, you don't know what you're talking about. Maybe they assume that I'm not a parent, which of course is wrong. I am a parent. And because I'm a parent, I often have a really hard time with that kind of judgment. I think that just being a parent prepares you for being judged all the time. Sometimes we're judged by ourselves, of course, and sometimes we're judged by other people. But needless to say, my point is, in this case, that I often dread the responses that I'm going to get. Now, sometimes giving unsolicited advice can go really well. And when it does, it is the most amazing experience because you know that you have taken advantage of a teachable moment. So I'd like to give you one example of something that happened within the last week or two that was a really positive example of me giving unsolicited advice. So in this particular case, a dog professional that I follow posted a photograph of her toddler inside the dog crate. 
And of course, I groaned and moaned and thought, what is going on here? This is a really inappropriate thing. I just made a podcast about how dog crates are not for children. So obviously, I have strong feelings about the matter. I want dogs to know that their crates are their sacred spaces. They're not a place where kids can, you know, go in and get in their space or usurp their peace and quiet or whatever. I want a dog to know the crate is mine. It is not someone else's, right? And so I was kind of triggered when I saw this photograph of the child in the crate. And so I decided that I would write a really polite but constructive feedback um, comment on this post where I said, hey, you know, this is a really cute photo and I can see why your child has a really great time being in the crate, but a lot of people are looking at your photos and they're going to think that because you allow your child in the crate that they should also allow their children in the crate. And we have to be really careful about the messages about safety that we're promoting out in the world by posting photos like this, because I believe that dog crates should be safe spaces for dogs. And I got really nervous when I got the notification that she responded, but it turned out her response was absolutely beautiful. First of all, she thanked me, which was very unexpected. And she said that because I worded my comment politely, that she was really happy that together we could have a conversation that could promote safety, right? And then she explained why her child was in the crate and that the only time her child was allowed in the crate was when the dog was outside, obviously not when the dog was in the crate, etc. Now, of course, ideally, everyone repeats what they practice. So if a kid is allowed in a crate once, then the child might forget the rules and might go in the crate again. However, this conversation right now with you is about how she responded so beautifully. And I wrote her back and I said, thank you so much for being gracious with your response and not getting frustrated at me because I offered unsolicited advice. And then she and I went back and forth and had a really nice chat about dog and child safety and how we do have to work together as a community so that we can educate the public. And that left me with such a warm and fuzzy feeling because I felt that someone may have seen that conversation because it was in her Facebook post. I wrote in the comments, I was not rude in any way, so I didn't feel that I had to take the conversation and do it privately. Now, there is one thing to consider, and and that is often how we respond and where we respond, because sometimes you may have a gut reaction to something and your response may not be very polite. And so doing something like that publicly can be construed as shaming and therefore the person who is on the receiving end of that unsolicited advice may not respond well to it at all because they're embarrassed by what you've said. So I'd like to offer a piece of advice to all of you about giving feedback to people, whether it's invited feedback or not. And that is to give feedback in a format that I call a love sandwich. This is something that I've done with my kids ever since they were little. And my kids are now 19 and 21 years old. And I continue to use love sandwiches when I give them feedback, when I talk to my husband, we've been married a really long time, and when I give feedback to clients. And I think that by giving love 
sandwich feedback, we are inviting people into a conversation and we are kind of preventing the automatic self-defense mechanism that can pop up when people hear things that they don't want to hear. So let me explain to you really quickly what a love sandwich is. So when you want to give advice, my suggestion is, is that we think of this advice as cushioned between two slices of bread, or in this case, two slices of loving, positive comments. So we open the conversation by saying something nice. Wow, I can see how much you really love your dog, for example. Then we can add our constructive piece of comment, of commentary, right? So, wow, I can see how much you really love your dog, but I can see that by the expression of his face, his ears, his facial tension, his tail, or whatever, that he looks pretty uncomfortable with what's happening around him. And then we close off the sandwich with another slice of love bread, and we say something positive again. But I can tell that by asking for feedback, you're such a good parent, and you're going to notice these signs of discomfort in the future, right? So by using a love sandwich, we kind of cushion the blow of the fact that we're giving someone advice that they may or may not really want to be hearing. Now, sometimes when we give unsolicited advice, it does not go well. It can go really badly. And sometimes that results in you making an enemy on social media. Sometimes it hurts real friendships and can cause real friction. So it's just something to really think about. Um, I shared a post on Facebook the other day of a dog trainer who was sharing an example of an interaction between her dog and her son. And the dog was uncomfortable with what the son was doing. And she continued to film this incident because it was a teachable moment. And she knows her dog intimately. And she knows her child intimately. So while she let this particular incident happen for a little longer than I was comfortable with and than the dog was comfortable with, she very specifically used it with educational context so that we could understand what was happening and so that we would not repeat something like that in the future. And when I shared this as an example of how to be really thoughtful about engaging with your dog and child during their interactions, one person commented and said, God, I hate parents like these. Now, I suspect it's possible that the person who said that in such a rude way was not a parent themselves, because it's, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, it's really easy to be critical of other parents when you are not a parent. One of the main things to remember is that if you are a family with a dog, your dog should really like your kids. And it should be obvious that your dog likes your kids. And your dog should be flexible and adaptable. That said, not all dogs fit that mold. Sometimes you had a dog that was difficult or reactive or anxious or fearful, and then you had a child. And we're trying really hard to get that whole family to live together in harmony. And that can be really difficult. So while we want dogs that can handle a lot of really challenging situations with our children, we have to admit that not all dogs are well suited to live with children. And we need to remember, of course, that dogs have teeth, dogs have 
feelings and they have every right to protest if they're uncomfortable. And we can't fault the dog for that. So even though parenting is really, really hard and our kids do really sneaky things sometimes, we are the ones that are ultimately responsible for ensuring that our dog isn't put in a difficult situation where they may make a mistake that could cost them their life. Now, some people are going to use the excuse, ah, kids will be kids, you know, or dogs will be dogs. And in my opinion, that while it's sort of true, it's also an excuse and it's a cop out. So kids will be kids is entirely true. They're going to be silly and they're going to test limits and they're going to take risks and do some dangerous things. But we shouldn't take that as an excuse to not set up the environment so that those kinds of developmentally appropriate behaviors don't get that child into trouble. And dogs are the same way. Dogs do what they can get away with. If dogs don't have structure and routine and management in place, dogs can get into trouble. So if you don't put your favorite shoes away and your dog is bored, your dog might eat your shoes, right? Now that's not a dangerous situation unless your dog eats the shoes and swallows them, but there are dangerous things that can happen. For example, I have a client right now whose daughter is about four years old and sneaks up to hug the dog when the mom isn't looking. And the mom is a really good mom, but life happens. And sometimes you have to make dinner and you have to turn your back for just a second. And as much as we could wish that we had eyes on the back of our head, we don't. And so we need to set that dog up for success so that that child cannot be sneaky and go hug that dog without the dog's consent. So yes, while toddlers are toddlers, It doesn't mean that we can't step up our parenting game as well to ensure everyone's safety. So at the end of the day, what should you do if you see something that's inappropriate? You need to decide your level of comfort with the friction that might happen if somebody doesn't like what you have to say, but you also have to consider the risks If you don't say something, what could happen to that child and what could happen to that dog? This ultimately is up to you. I would rather you err on the side of caution and that you say something. But if you say it, say it with love and please do it in a love sandwich. I hope you found this helpful. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on the podcast app of your choice. For ongoing support, get on the wait list for the Pooch Parenting Society, where I share training tips, activities, and coaching so families with dogs can live in harmony. By signing up at safekidsanddogs.com, you'll be the first to know when I open registration again for new members.